we want to be sure of what what god has planned and prepared for us we don't want to be entering into a relationship or marriage without uh, uh, without preparing ourselves well without preparing our uh, our hearts well without preparing our finances well without preparing our emotional health our physical health all of this matters right so we just want to take some time during these three days to discuss these things and also to have fun you know camp means fun right so uh, so i i hope you have got some extra pair of clothes to play for the activities for all the sports we'll we'll definitely have a lot of fun and 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 we'll uh, try to get to know one another too okay we'll try to want all of you to know each other because sometimes we are so self obsessed uh, every conversation every interaction that we have we just want to go tell somebody what i did what i ate you know that's what our social media is all about if you go through your social media and and you're celebrating yourself more than you're celebrating others or other things then you know that there is a a challenge there you know and and that's actually a reflection of how we do our interactions daily you know how we interact with people how we converse with people is it all about your needs and what you lack and what you're doing in life or are you also talking about what they need or about what they are going through see when jesus had that conversation with the woman at the well Jesus is talking very important things like Jesus saying if you ask me i'm going to give you living water yeah but she began to sidetrack she she began to like i'm not comfortable with this topic let's go to something else she began to talk about you know different things she's like okay let's talk theology of worship should we worship on the mountain or and Jesus is here trying to give her life but she began to divert the topic to someone something else Jesus didn't say oh no 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 I don't want to you know get into controversial topics let's just talk about what I want to tell you is that what Jesus did no Jesus went with the flow Jesus said okay you don't want to talk about the living waters okay let's let's talk about marriage oh you 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 this is sensitive for you okay no problem what do you want to talk about theology let's talk theology Jesus went with the flow Jesus was not stuck to uh, trying to get to this lady to uh, just do or understand what he wanted her to listen to Jesus was willing to pay attention to what she was speaking and i think that that gives us a key on how we should have our conversations our conversations cannot be so uh, much about how my agenda how what i have prepared to say my speech that i have prepared to deliver they have to know how good i am they have to know how 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 much of a prophet i am in fact when jesus told her you know i see that uh, you have uh, you have been married five times and the man you're living with is not even a not even your husband she didn't uh, take a lot of time to process it she like yeah yeah okay let's talk about worship <laughs> like can you imagine how offended we'll feel when you've just given a prophetic word okay with this much detail and this lady is not even acknowledging it she's just going to the next thing and she's not even saying oh my god how did you know this is what is god's will about my marriage 
what does God really want to, want, want to shift or change? She's not doing that. She's just going to the next thing. We would all be sitting there saying, I'm never talking to this person. She doesn't respect the prophet in me. You know, she doesn't acknowledge how I just gave her a prophetic word and she doesn't acknowledge. But Jesus was like not offended. He was willing to still interact and know and understand what is this person's real need. And Jesus engaged with her till her heart could be touched. And I hope that we will, I hope that we will learn this, we will understand this, and we will be able to, um, we will be able to put this into practice in every conversation, every relationship, every transaction. We'll be able to put this into practice. Yeah. I was praying about uh, what I could share and, you know, one of the things that, one thing that just stood out to me and that God was speaking to me was about how many people that want to get married don't have in themselves the capacity to love. They are so broken, so hurt, so... Uh, traumatized or abused because of something that has happened in the past which is almost like taken off that ability to love which has destroyed that ability to trust and that is why when you sit and talk to people who have been married for a long time and you find out what are the things that they go through it is all rooted in things that has not even happened in their marriage it's all rooted in things that has happened sometimes in their childhood, sometimes in a past relationship, sometimes in their relationship with their parents, or something that happened when they were growing up and they started walking with God, they started going to a church, and you know, something that happened in the church. Different things that caused deep hurt in their hearts has now drained out that ability to sincerely love and give yourself fully in the marriage that God wants them to get into. If you read the story of David, you know, the Bible says David was so awed by this lady called Abigail. You know about the story of Nabal and Abigail? Abigail was already married when uh, David met Abigail and, uh, uh, you know, he was in this mode of vengeance, wanting to kill Nabal. The Bible says that Abigail came as an interrupter or an intercessor and said, David, don't do that. You know, he's a foolish guy. You don't have to become foolish to try and hurt this. And David was awed by the wisdom that this lady brought. And he was like, you're right. I will not do it. He withdrew from that situation. He went back to the Lord. And the Bible says, as a result, um, Nabal passed away the very next day. In the very next few weeks, uh, David sent a proposal to Abigail saying, I am so, you know, because from that one interaction that David had with Abigail, he's been thinking about her. All the words that she spoke, it left an impression in his heart. Yeah? The thing is, the Bible says, he, was, he pursued, he sent word for Abigail got married to Abigail. The next verse, the Bible says, he went and got married to someone else. Immediately after marrying Abigail, 
he went and married uh, another person. What was the reason? If you study David's relationship history, you would see how David was betrayed in his marriage. He was initially married to Michael, you know, Saul's daughter, Michael, and how it was a, a relationship that he had worked hard for. He, had, he, had, he was like very excited about this marriage. And yet, this was one relationship which was taken away from him forcibly. He had to run for his life because, of, because he was still connected to Michael. And now, David is genuinely impressed by Abigail and want to get married to Abigail. He's married to Abigail, yet his heart is not healed enough to now put his entire 100% affection in that one relationship. Now, you, you know, and, and I'm talking about a man of God. How many of you agree that David was a man of God? Yeah? I'm not talking about some wicked guy, womanizer, you know, out there in the world who don't know what it means to walk with God. This is a man who has walked with God, loved God, you know, knows the heart of God. In fact, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. And yet, he couldn't stay in that one pursuit that he had towards Abigail. Immediately after his heart got satisfied with Abigail, he's like, okay, before she hurts me, before something happens in this, let me have a plan B. So that let's say that for whatever reason, somebody takes Abigail away. I, have, I'm still, I still have somebody that loves me. I still have somebody that, you know, cares for me. And because of a tendency like that, I feel like we destroy the marriage that God wants to give us. You know, so basically what I'm trying to teach you is that we have to be, before we pray and ask God to bring us the right person, isn't that one of the main questions or prayers that we all pray? Lord, show me the right person or, you know, show me when to get married, how to get married, give me the provisions, the finances, the, 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 the emotional, you know, support from my parents or my church. They all should stand with me. You know, these prayers that we have, before we come to the place where we see the fulfillment of those prayers or the answers to those prayers, we need to ask the Lord to give us the capacity to truly, completely love. 100% love. To give a 100% love. See, if you are asking me, is it possible that I can actually love somebody after being in this relationship, after having gone through what I have gone through, after being married, I've already been married before, or I've already been in this relationship, I may have also gotten physical in this relationship. Is it really possible that I can give my 100% to the person that God has ordained for my life? Is it really possible? Let me talk to you from the example of Ruth. How many of you know that Ruth's marriage was, this, was the second marriage? It was not first marriage. So, which means she had to get rid of the baggage. Eh? 
if she would have brought the baggage of her past relationship, the past marriage, into the marriage where God has assigned for her. I mean, just think about it. You know, all of us will, you know, will say, when, you know, when God is sitting in heaven and he is planning marriages, okay? Just, just think about it. Ruth was not even in Canaan. Ruth was not even anywhere related to Boaz. God is saying that there is this couple through whom David has to be born. There is this couple through whom Jesus will be born. We are not talking just about David. We are talking about Jesus who is going to come through this marriage, right? And yet, God is not looking at this perfect couple, you know, who is, have, who've had very clean history, no baggages, no problems, no challenges, you know, just give me, give me, a, give me two really amazing people who have followed all the 619 laws in the Old Testament. And then I know that that person is ready, you know, to host the royal greatness of a King David or to host the lineage of Jesus himself. And yet, God is saying, yes, I have Boaz, but I need to find somebody to match the wavelength of Boaz. And God finds it in a person who was already married. She'd been, she'd been married for a long time, and yet she'd been childless. You understand this? They've been married, and she was childless. It was not overnight that the husband died away. He got married and, you know, the husband was there for a while. But in that relationship, there was barrenness. Can you imagine the number of hurts that she can count and talk about? The fact that people would have looked down on her, people would have, uh, you know, taken this and said, it's because he married you that he passed away. All those kind of stories that people would have said about her, they would have definitely, you know, brought it up. But for Ruth to have encountered and entered into that promised land, which is, I'm not talking about Canaan, I'm talking about Boaz, yeah? That, that's God's promise and faithfulness towards Ruth. For her to have really, truly experienced that, she had to find a way to deal with the baggage of her past. She had to figure out, how am I going to let go of this particular hurt? How am I going to stop grieving for my husband? How am I going to stop grieving about all the things that I have lost? All, all the things, all the dreams that I have died to. You should imagine this. She would have definitely dreamt of being a mother. She would have definitely dreamt of having a dream house, buying their dream car, you know, like sending the kids to this one school where she grew up in, that she went to. She would have definitely had her own dreams for her own life. And yet, she's in this place where all those dreams are shattered and she has to deal with them. She has to find a way to get an explanation for it. 
Because all of us, we ask this question, why did this happen to me? Why did God do this to me? You know, that's the more crazier question. Why did God do this? I'm like, God did not go and force you to be in a relationship with this person. Yeah? Please don't put this on God. This is my choice. This is my decision to pursue this marriage. I like the girl. I, uh, you know, enjoyed my friendship with her. And I got into this relationship. Why did God? God did not do it to us. Yet, if you would surrender this baggage to God, He still knows how to make something good come out of this. He still knows how to repair your heart. He still knows how to help you to be wholehearted. It's not that our problem is not that we are not able to love. Our problem is that we are not able to love wholeheartedly. You know? See, when I say wholeheartedly, what I'm saying is, if I love something wholeheartedly, like for example, let's say I love vanilla ice cream. What I'm saying is, I hate butterscotch, I hate chocolate, I hate pista, you know, whatever other flavors of ice cream. I'm only and only going to eat vanilla ice cream. But when, I, but when many of us say I love vanilla ice cream, you're not saying I love vanilla ice cream. You're saying, I love vanilla ice cream. I love butterscotch a little less. I love chocolate a little more than butterscotch, but less than vanilla. But we love everything, right? But that's where the wholehearted love comes. Where we are saying, I, I want to be able to give my 100% into this relationship. I want to give my 100% into this marriage that God wants to bring into my life. So everything that is now standing as a barrier in you giving you 100%, we, we are praying. You see, the next two days is going to be intense. It's going to be good conversations and, and, and some strong teaching that is going to come on how and, and, and what to do and what to avoid. But before we go into the, the next part of getting into a relationship, can we deal with the past? Can we say, Lord, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to take my yesterday's pain and interpret my tomorrow's opportunities based on yesterday's pain. I don't want to take my yesterday's baggage and then give names to my uh, tomorrow saying, ah, this, this person is also going to do the same thing. This person is also going to behave the same way. The same challenge that happened here is going to again repeat. I mean, one thing that stood out for me is that Ruth was not very afraid to get married to an old man, so to speak. You know, when Boaz met uh, Ruth and when that proposal happened, you know what, what was Boaz's shock? Why didn't you want to get married to a younger man? You know, why didn't you want to get married to somebody your age? Because just, just think about this. If you've been married and you've lost your husband or your wife to death, the last thing that you want to do is get married to another person who can die anytime. Do you understand my joke? I'm not saying Boaz could marry, could get, die anytime. I'm just saying there'll be a scar in your heart. You're like, please give me a medical certificate. 
do you how how do you have any insurance as to how long you can live have you been going to the gym i don't want to take the same risk anymore because my last husband he died so if i have to get married to a old guy whose whose life expectancy is not very long you know the the other day i went to a uh, an optician and I, i i wanted some suggestions about uh, getting a laser eye treatment done you know this you, if you do a laser eye treatment you you you, you know you don't have to wear specs so i went uh, to to meet this doctor and and uh, you know he he read my entire file and he's like see uh, i would suggest that to somebody who is young that's a good idea if you were in your 20s you're still young you you have your whole life like not for you sir <laughs> your eyesight is going to become worse from here on the, you know the 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 problem with your eye is actually your old age so please don't feel bad but but it's not going to become any more better from here and and i was like hurt i took the <laughs> i was like you know why would the doctor say that like you know so harshly and 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 i'm just wondering how how healed was ruth's heart for her to say i don't care about the fact that this this guy is not as young or as cool looking or as you know as healthy as i would expect my ideal dream life partner to be you know the 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 thing is when we make our expectations you know all of us have our expectations yes when we make our list of things that we are looking for in a guy most times that list is a result of baggages that you have not dealt with study yourself well study your history well and you will know that you're making a list based on the fact that you know this last guy the last thing the last thing my parents did to me or the last thing that happened to me in my family or the last thing that i experienced in you know somebody that i was looking up to you know the these 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 pastors that that whose marriage that i you know i was like thinking oh my god they are like this they will never have this problem and then this happened to them and then now my next category and criteria it all involves that and one day i was talking to this dear sister she, i was asking her what is what is the reason you know what what is the one what is your criteria of you know the man that you want to get married to she's like i'll get married to anybody except a pastor i said why <laughs> she's uh, and she didn't have an answer at that time but in a, after having a lot of conversations i realized she her her father was a pastor you know she had seen the uh, she she had seen the back story of what has happened in her home and you know i couldn't make this conclusion because i saw her parents and they were they were like so much head over heels in love with each other and they were such an amazing parents they really they are not like one of these like you know see if you know anything about mallu parents uh, 
they are they are not the kindest ones you know so i'm like thinking one you are a malayali and two you have amazing parents why why would you why would you not want what they have and later on i understood that this person has been really scarred with certain things even she didn't know that is why she didn't want to get married to a pastor you know and and i i think that many of the criterias that we put out there is a result of undealt baggages from the past the very fact that ruth could say yes to getting married to a you know person who was so much more older to her was because she was not afraid of death anymore she was not afraid of her past anymore she was not scarred with her past anymore you know so i i want that during these 3 days that you would take time you know there are going to be pastors leaders the one reason we are doing sessions only less but giving you more time to interact and have conversations is because if there are things that you need to deal with that you need to figure out and you need to have answers for you you could approach somebody and say this is what was you know bothering me this is this is one criteria that i had kept i can do i can marry anybody except you know somebody that speaks this language i can get married to anybody except somebody who works in this particular field i can get married to anybody except you know whatever is that you know thing that is like a hindrance in your heart i want you to ask god to heal that area because unless that area is healed you can't love wholeheartedly it's not about you getting married to an old person please understand i'm not saying that you have to get married to a pastor or that one thing that you didn't want to do you should do that's not my solution my point is your heart needs to be healed enough to be able to say yes to whatever god wants to take you into if your heart is not healed then i'm not saying god will not give you your marriage i'm not saying david that you will never get married to the next person you will but you will not be satisfied you your heart will still be roaming you know your heart will not be rooted your heart will not be connected as much as it should be your heart will continue to search for more and uh, that that one wonder and all that god really wants you to enjoy in marriage you will you will not find it and my prayer is that all of us here you know if you are genuinely pursuing marriage if you're genuinely desiring for marriage that we let go of 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 our past yeah we let go of our past that's the first thing the second thing this now this this may sound funny but the second thing is that she had resigned ruth okay i'm talking about ruth first is that she had dealt with her past second is that she had resigned to the idea of getting married she had no more desire left to get married do you know that when when naomi told her if you follow me if you come with me you will never get married you know i don't have another son you're con- you're permanently connecting yourself to me your association with me is now going to scar you for the rest of your life because everybody is going to call you a uh, the 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 widow of naomi's son 
that is going to be a permanent story. But if you go back home, you're still your parents' daughter. You're no longer identified with that marriage. You, you know, your, your identity is not commit, you know, connected to the failures and the brokenness. So if you go back there, you are not going to you know, be called all these names. But if you follow me, this is going to be a permanent story. But Ruth said, no, I, I still am okay with all of that. I'm willing to let go of, of the idea or the pursuit of marriage and followed, followed Naomi. So what am I saying? Am I asking for all of you to quit and say, okay, I don't want to get married anymore, you know? I, I, I don't care, uh, you know, I'm not going to pursue relationship. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have to die to the ambition of getting married. Because so many of us, the, you know, I feel like marriage has almost become an idol. In the morning when you get up, you, you know, when, you, when, you, when I study your prayer requests, I know it's, you know, all about marriage. If I study your, you know, journal, it's all about marriage. You know, every conversation is about, you know, marriage. Why is this not happening? What is happening? And why is God not giving me the person that I prayed for, that I desired for? This prophet said, that prophet said, why is this not happening in my life? And, and, and I feel like we've made this concept of marriage our idol. And we, have, we, are, we are pursuing God, not for God. We are pursuing God for the, for the man or for that woman. We are coming to church not because we really want to enjoy the presence of God. We are coming to church because we know when the proposal comes, they will ask, which church does he go to? Does he serve in the church? Because I'll tell you this, pastors, when, when somebody inquires about a guy or a girl, the questions that they ask is, is this person regular in church? Is this person committed to church? Like when other pastors call me, the, 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 the question is, is this person serving in your church? What is your opinion about their character? These are the questions they will ask. And, and now our reason for going to church and serving in the church is so that I'll have a good reputation when the proposal comes. And I, I hope that we can let go of that ambition, you know, I want all of us to get married. I want all of us to experience what God has prepared for us. See, some, of, some people are given the gift of singleness. That's a completely different thing, okay? Probably we, we will touch on that during this, later during the conference, but, but for those of you who, who the Lord has ordained for you to get married, or God has planned, prepared, God has given you the gift of marriage, I want, I want, I'm, I'm praying that you would still be able to come and lay that on the altar and say, yes, this brought me a lot of joy. Yes, this brought me so much of excitement, thrill. And, you know, I prepared for it. I prayed for it. I, every time I saw somebody else getting married, I imagined how my marriage is going to be. You know, I, I, I desired who is the man of God who is going to conduct my wedding. 
you know, I, you know, from, from my teenage, I had already decided who is the man of God who will conduct my wedding. And I've, I would never miss a wedding that he is conducting. I, I followed him in everywhere because he was like our, um, you know, family wedding solemnizer. All my cousins, you know, got, he was, he was the one who conducted all of their weddings. And I was so in awe of this guy uh, that I wanted to get married just so he could conduct the wedding. I'm like, it's, you know, it was not about the girl. It was the, it was the man of God who had to conduct the wedding. I was more fascinated about that. To the point where God had to break that, you know. I went to this one particular wedding of a friend of mine. And lo and behold, this man of God is doing the wedding, right? And I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm telling all my friends, saying, this is the man of God who is going to conduct my wedding. You know, my family has close ties with this man of God. And, and uh, all, my siblings, all my cousins, he's the one who's did, done their wedding. My, my parents have said, we will call him for yours too. And, and I'm so excited, right? And the man of God goes up on the stage. And for the next 30 minutes, I've never heard him do that, okay? Next 30 minutes, he begins to condemn, judge, talk bad about everybody in the audience. I'm like, what's happening? I've never seen him do this. You know what happened that day? My ambition to get married so that this man of God will do this solemnization, that ambition died. That desire just died. You know, that... You know, the fact that I, I was like really looking at this dream idea that I had about my wedding, that dream idea, that fantasy got squished that day. And, and I'm very thankful to God that that happened because, because of that, my spiritual father could do my wedding and, and, uh, my, and I think I don't, I don't know of a, of a, like, I don't care if you don't agree with me, but I believe my wedding was the most beautiful wedding. Uh, my, my wedding we had, it was, it was more of a, it was more of a crusade than a wedding. Uh, you know, I could, when I was exchanging the vows, I could see people kneeling down and worshiping and crying and tears and all of that. I'm like, that's awesome. That's the kind of wedding. That's, you know, that was not in my fantasy, but I praise God for that. Amen. So whatever it is that you've desired for, saying, you know, I, I really want this to happen for me. I want you to bring it to the altar and say, Lord, whatever ambition drives me for my marriage, towards my marriage, I want to die to it. Because if it's because of an ambition, you know, some of our ambition is, is to... Tell our ads how beautiful a girl I married. No, you don't have to smile. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to smile, but you know, you know the truth. We want to post a picture which will tell everybody, look, better than the last. But I, I, I pray that we will, we will really die to that ambition. Only then will you be able to, you know, genuinely give you a hundred percent. Else, you will be, you'll be comparing everybody and saying, wait, you know, what will people say? The last girl, she had a better education. The last girl, she had a better, you know, she was from this family and that and this. 
this person doesn't have all of that and you're in everything you're you're bringing your ambition in it and i hope that we can die to our ambition everything that is that is like oh, i want to show that i i am also good or i am also valuable you know most of the times the reason for this ambition is because we want to we want to feel loved we want to feel content with the love with the attention that this person who is so handsome or so beautiful or so well educated or so uh, you know in our language so anointed yeah because for us anointing is better than education right okay so that's why i'm using your words so prophetic you know who can who can sing like an angel you know and and we are saying wow if this person could take notice of me then i must be special do you understand what i'm saying now now you know whatever that, like i'm i'm not saying that you know that that person is not anointed or that he is not uh, educated but please understand that the most anointed and educated people can make certain foolish choices yeah yeah so if you think that if such an anointed man of god loved me or such an anointed singer she is like singing like if she could love me then i must be special i must be really something if your significance comes from the fact that somebody special loved you if your security comes from the fact that somebody so anointed desired for you then that is ambition you have to lay it on the altar and say you know i i'm not saying no to marriage i i'm saying no to my ambitions i'm saying no to my desire for marriage my plans my way my dream i'm i'm, I'm putting that on the altar i'm saying yes i i i this is not how i want to do it so get rid of the baggage get healed of the baggage uh, get bring your ambition of that marriage resign to that ambition of that marriage bring it and place it on the altar the next thing that she does it's amazing she goes and aligns herself to a mentor you know the story right you want all of you read your bible if you don't read your bible you're already disqualified for marriage you're you're not ready for marriage yet <laughs> but but the bible says there were there were two daughter in laws who've gone through the exact same problem right one said there is too much i can't pursue you know and she's the one who is letting me go back i didn't ask for it my mentor said why don't you go figure out a life get a job you know get married you know sort out your life my mentor is saying this i didn't go and tell my mentor i want to get married she said it right so orpas she said thank you so much she she was the more emotional person in the bible says she wept bitterly she wept full drama you know and she left but ruth said no that's that's not how it's going to work i'm going to follow you wherever you go i will go she aligned herself to such crazy levels 
you know that scripture, Ruth 1 verse 16. If you're preparing for marriage, that's a good verse to memorize. It says, she said, I'm going to align my, myself in every aspect of my life. I'm going to one. Her first alignment was, wherever you go, I will go. Which means, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to walk in step. One step after the other. Wherever you take your step, I'm going to take my steps right there, behind you. Then she said, wherever you live, meaning your geographical location, your uh, physical location, wherever you, you know, root yourself, I am going to root myself there. And she said, this is even more powerful. She said, your people will now become my people. You know, that's very hard. You know that you can really love a person and submit to a person, but not necessarily love everybody else that that person loves. Like, if you've been in church for long, you may know this. You really love your spiritual father and mother, but you don't love the person that your father loves. There is that one person in church that you don't like, but you know that your father loves the person. Now you're like, ah, but your people will not be my people. I, I will follow you. I will serve you. Man of God, you tell me what I can do for you. But don't tell me that I have to serve that guy. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not going to serve that because your people is not my people. See, when she aligned herself to Naomi, it was an unconditional alignment. But she was like, I, I, I have no ambition of myself. I'm willing to lower myself to the point of saying, your community is my community. I don't want a community that is outside what you have. Your community is my community. Your people will be my people. See, many of us will even say, your God be my God. But not many people will say, your people will be my people. See, if you can't do that in your relationship with your mentor, I can assure you, you can't do that with your spouse. And then you're questioning, ah, why, why should I come when your friends are going out? Why should I come to your family gathering? Or, or why should I respect your, your part of the family? You know, and because you've, you've never learned the, the aspect of submitting your relationships to to a, a greater voice. Because Ruth did have a life back in Moab. She did have a friend circle. You know what the word Ruth means? Anybody? Companion or a friend. You think she didn't have friends in Moab? Her name is a friend. Everybody is a friend and she's a friend to everybody. But she said, no, no, this is, I'm not going to make my destiny decisions based on my current relationships. My destiny decisions are going to be based on your relationships. If these are the people that you want to associate with, I don't know their culture. I don't know their language. I don't know why they behave this way. I don't know why they do all these actions. You know, Ruth is not a Christian, so to speak. She's not from the Judaic background. She's from a pagan background where she doesn't know why these Jews act like this. 
She doesn't know why these Jews pray like this, why these Jews talk like this. She doesn't know all of that. And yet she said, your people will become my people. And, and then she said, your God will become my God. Please don't tell me my God is your God without first telling me that my people is also your people. If you can't really love the people that I have, you can't serve the God that I have. It's as simple as that. It's just that God doesn't give, uh, you know, you the, the convenience of putting people who are like you, who, who think like you. Uh, he will always put people around you who are a little off or a little different. He will put those kind of people around you to test you, to see if you are really going to be able to love. Because if you're saying this person is awesome, you know, I, can I mention your example, Pastor? Is it okay if I mention your example? So Pastor Joe and Pastor Anu, they were in this uh, uh, journey of, you know, getting to know each other before they were married. And so, so uh, one day I asked them, so tell me uh, something bad about her. <laughs> and, and he said, no, no, she's perfect. There's nothing bad, nothing wrong about her. So I said, uh, you're not yet ready for marriage. <laughs> Take some more time, study her well. So the man of God, he goes back home, calls her up and says, please tell me all your negatives. Please, he, he was in a hurry to get married. He was like, you know, I, I can't spend six months to try to understand all her failures. Please tell me all your failures, you know, just list it out so I, I'm ready for this. Because you understand that anybody can love you when they've seen the best side of you. Not everybody can love you when, you know, you show your weaknesses, struggles, failures, scars, you know, those bad moods those bad moments, those low moments when you've lost control of yourself and you say things, do things which, is, which you actually regret, then if somebody has to see that and still love you and still say, I honor you, still say, I value you, that's when you know, okay, this, this is solid. This is real. Because this person is not just going to see my best on a Sunday morning on this stage. This person is also going to see my moments when I have, how I reacted when I didn't pray, how I reacted when I was too sleepy, how I reacted when I'm too tired. Uh, this person is going to see how I reacted when I was very angry. All of those things this person is going to see. Will this person still love me? Can I keep this person's respect and honor even after this person sees my struggles and my failures? Anybody in this place who thinks you're perfect, please don't get married if you're perfect. But if you're imperfect, if you do have weaknesses, then you have to believe that the other person also has weaknesses and, and struggles and, and problems. Then, then, then it is necessary that you, you come to this place where you say, okay, the only way I can love somebody a hundred percent fully is if I have made it a practice to love people, 
I have made it to people. Because some of us, we, you know, when, when I get into your social circle, it's very easy for me to predict what kind of people you like and what kind of people you dislike. Because all of you will talk the same language. You know, you'll have the same hairstyle. You'll have the same way of dressing. You'll have the same uh, sports that you prefer. You would like to watch the same kind of movies. Yeah? Like, you, you understand. Those are the people that you like to hang out with. This, the, 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 uh, the married people in the church, they go hang out with the married people. You know? The, they don't want to hang out with the singles. The old people, they're like, uh, you know, all these kids. They all, you know, the old, old people, they have their own clique. Because they're like, what is this young people? They're all talking about Instagram reels and TikToks and all. I, it doesn't make sense to me. Let's talk about shares and equity and market, you know. And so let's find our own circle. The thing is, if you, if you can't love people and understand people and spend time with people who are not like you, I'm not talking about your life partner. I'm talking about in general. If you, if you can't say this statement, your people is my people. If you can't say that, then you're not ready to do that in marriage. You have to come to a place where you, you have learned to adjust. You know, the reason God brings a mentor into your life is to train you for life, not just for ministry, not just to heal the sick. A mentor comes into your life to be able to train you to have a different perspective on life. So if you can't go to your mentor with that attitude that says your people is also my people, then, then it'll, become, it'll be so hard later on in life. Then she says, your God is my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And she says, may God punish me if anything except death would separate me from you. Can you imagine the vow she's making to her mentor? Not life partner, but to her mentor, her spiritual covering. She's saying, may God punish me if I allow anything except death to separate me. So she had vowed faithfulness and loyalty with that depth to this, uh, to this woman of God that now... When it came to the question of marriage, it, it was not so hard for her to give a hundred percent. So if, if, if you're not loyal to your man of God, if your loyalty to your man of God is, is broken by a better job opportunity or by a better uh, singing opportunity in another church, if, if your loyalty is questioned or threatened by these things, then, you know, how, how, how are you going to show your loyalty in marriage? How are you going to be rooted in marriage? You know, we all talk about how amazing it was that Ruth found Boaz. But you don't really talk about how she said, I want to give my 100% to Naomi. 100%. Before she gave her 100% to Bush, she gave her 100% to Naomi. And Naomi said, you know, let me, let me work on you. Let me work on your character. Let me work on your looks. You know, all of that she, she strengthened and then handed her off to Bush. 
Are you learning something? What's the first thing? She dealt with her past. She resigned to her ambitions. Third, she aligned herself to a, a mentor. The fourth thing, I hope that this uh, many people will take very seriously, is that she committed herself to good, long, hard labor. In chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2, the Bible says, it was her idea, it was not Naomi's idea, her idea. She told Naomi, can I go and work and bring something home to eat? Can I go and bring in some harvest? She decided, she took the onus on herself, you know, this is a, this is a land where she's new to this place and she's not used to this place. But she said, no, I'll, I'll not want to just sit at home and just enjoy uh, my life. I want to go and work and, and do hard work. And she began to labor. She began to work. I'll tell you if, you, if you want God to really trust the fact that you're ready for marriage, for relationship, then you have to be a man or a woman. Please don't think this is only for men. Because sometimes we think it is the man's job to bring the money in the house. Men, Ruth was not a man. Yeah? Man or woman. If you're not willing to work and work hard, be a hard worker. If you're lazy, if you're lethargic, if you're not pursuing the assignments that God has given you, then please don't Expect God to bring one more person into your life that you have to now take care of. And now that person ends up becoming your provider. And, you know, because you're not doing anything, you're just, you just want to take it one day at a time. You know, you're just going from, one, one, from Monday to Tuesday, Tuesday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Thursday. There's no direction in your life. You're not a hard worker. And again, please don't think that I'm saying you need to be having a six-figure salary and only then you're a hard worker. I'm, I'm talking about what do you do with your time? What do you do with the opportunities that are given to you? Are you a hard worker or are you wasting away time? Do you know when God cursed Cain, you know what is the curse upon Cain? Come on. We all read this at the beginning part of the year. We all read from Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4. This should be memorized by now. Sorry? Before wandering. What, why, why, why would you have to wander? Sorry? You will labor? You will labor your blood to earth. Okay. You can read your Bible. You, I mean, I'm not stopping you from opening up your Bible and reading it out for me. Why? What was, what was God's punishment to Cain? Yeah. Work hard, the land. What will happen when he works hard? He will not? No, I'm talking about the punishment. 
after he killed Cain, sorry, after he killed Abel, what was the punishment that God gave him? The, the land, the earth is, is now not going to yield fruit for you. Which means no matter how hard you work, there is going to be no results. Meaning, the, 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 the reason Cain had to wander all his life, where he wouldn't have a home, where he wouldn't have a sustenance, where he would not be rooted in one place, is because he is, he, he, his, his hard work is not, he's not going to be fruitful anymore. All the hard work that he did, it is not going to have any, it's not going to bear fruit. So the primary reason why we are unable to, you know, stay in one place, stay in one marriage, stay in one relationship, stay in that one thing that God has called us to, stay faithful, is because of fruitlessness in our work. Is because there is no satisfaction. Can you just help them? Thank you. Because there is no satisfaction or there is no contentment in the work that we are doing. And, and, and that is a big, big problem. If you can't find satisfaction and if you can't find contentment where with the assignments that God has given you and if you are not working hard, if you're not laboring day in and day out, if, you're not, if you've not given yourself to that work. The Bible says when, when Boaz noticed Ruth, he noticed that this woman didn't take a break. The whole day she is doing her work. She didn't take a coffee break. Everybody else, he, she, he's comparing Ruth with all the other workers in the field. And he's like, all these guys were on Instagram in between. And here is Ruth. She is non-stop. She is, she is constantly working. She is just hard at work. She is like, the, Boaz is like, this lady is not like anybody else. She is a hard worker. Can you imagine? God was preparing her to become the owner of the field that she is now harvesting in. The, the field where she is, she is taking the leftovers. You know, that's what she was doing there. The, the law of the land was that you can't pick up the leftovers. Okay, that is the law that God made for widows and orphans. So that when widows and orphans or foreigners, when they come to the land who don't have an inheritance here, the law was you can't pick up the leftovers. If something falls to the ground, you let it be. If you forget to take something, let it be. Let the widows or the orphans or the foreigners who have nobody or nothing let them come and pick it up the same lady who was working so hard at picking up the leftovers is now promoted to become the owner of the field where she was picking up the leftovers i pray and i hope that your hard work your hard labor your strong smart labor will impress the heart of god it will impress the heart of Boaz. You know, it will impress somebody who is, who, who is noticing, who is paying attention to the hard work that you're doing. 
will really uh, speak to them that this person stands out. This person is not like everybody else. Can this be your story? And I'm not saying that you, 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 you're not hardworking already. I'm saying you have to pursue hard work. You have to, you have to be, you have to value your time. You have to value your money. You have to value the people that you spend time with. You can't just be going from one movie to another movie. You know, one movie is three hours. Right? Come on, talk to me. Those of you who are not nodding, I know you like English movies, which is like only one and a half hour. But at least a Hindi movie is like three hours. And, and every day there is a new movie coming out. And we want to keep going for every... Again, please, I'm not a Pentecostal preacher. I go for movies myself. So I'm not asking you not to go for movies. But if that is your only goal in life, if your only goal in life is to make sure that you hang out with everybody, you know, Sunday you are with this friend circle, Tuesday you are with that friend circle, Wednesday you are eating in this restaurant, Thursday you are eating in... And where is the hard work? Show me the result of your time. What are you producing with your time? Please don't say when I get married and I become the owner of the field, you know, then I will have a lot of wealth. Many of us were waiting for marriage to become wealthy. No, no, no. Wealth doesn't come to married people. Marriage comes to wealthy people. If you're hardworking, if you're, if you're intentional at, at, at doing a good job with the time and the opportunities that God has given you, then somebody, you know, who is excited about investing into you will say, hey, let me come with you. Let me journey with you. This is, this is an amazing thing. I see what I like. I, I like what I see. I, I enjoy seeing your hard work. Because if, if you're lazy and if you're not doing anything with your life, you're going to attract lazy people. You're going to attract people who do what you do. And then you're wondering, why is there nothing good happening in the house? Because it's because he found you when you were doing nothing. You found him when he was doing nothing. And then you, for three years, you did nothing. <laughs> and then you're married. And then now your children don't do anything. There is, there is no growth. You know why? Because there was no culture of good, solid hard work. The Bible talks about the, the Proverbs 31 woman, right? You know the Proverbs 31 woman was a very hardworking woman. Says she would wake up early in the morning. Yeah. She, so, so please don't think that, uh, you know, hard work is only a man's job. No, everybody, the man and the woman, all of us, we have to work and work really hard. You know, when, when, we, were, when we were planning this camp and we were like... Uh, uh, you know, deciding on keeping the registration fee, we're like, oh, it's 2,000 rupees. 2,000 rupees is, you know, it's, it's a good meal, right? If you go to a good, good restaurant is when you'll have to pay 2,000 rupees. And I was like, uh, should, we, should we keep it 2,000 rupees? And then, then somebody said, hey, if they can't pay 2,000 rupees, do you think that they are working hard enough to get married? 
Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm being brutal right now in telling you that, hey, you have to be hardworking. Do something with your skills. Do something with your time. Do something till the time that you, you don't get settled in your permanent location. Do something even in the meanwhile. You know, don't wait for God to give you that opportunity that you were waiting for. I was talking about Joseph earlier this month. How Joseph, he didn't wait saying, God has shown me. One day I will be in the palace. One day people will come and bow down to me. So till then, I will just sit and do nothing. No, he started serving his father's flock. He started serving his brothers. The same brothers who hated him. He started serving them. He started working for them. He went and served Potiphar in Potiphar's house. He was a slave there. In his father's house, he had, he had at least an identity as a son. Here he's a slave. He didn't say, oh, I know my identity. I am a governor. This is the year of governance. I am doing nothing less than that. No. He was willing to be faithful as a slave. To the point that where, the, where, where Potiphar said, you, this, the title of a slave doesn't look good on you. Now I make you in charge of everything in my house. You've been faithful with the little thing that has been given to you. So now let me put you in charge. And then from there he went to the prison. There also he was faithful. There also he worked hard. He, he engaged with people. He, he, he did such a good job that the prisoner is like, man, I don't have any more worries. I don't have any more pain. Because Joseph is in my prison, I don't have any more problems. Can, can, can your neighborhood, neighbors say this about you? You don't have a job? Just get out of your house and sort out your neighborhood issues. You know, make sure that there is no water problem in your building. I mean, make sure that there is no leaves that is crowding your driveway or, you know, whatever. Do some really good hard work. If you have nothing, go to your church. Serve your man of God. You know, till the time that, you, that God doesn't give you a job, till the time that you don't get an opportunity, at least serve your man of God. Do some hard work there. Get into editing. Get into, you know, carrying the luggage around. Do something. Be a hard worker. You can't say that I'm waiting for my marriage when you're not working hard, when you're not giving you a hundred percent. The Bible is very clear. He who does not work should not. Is there a verse like that? This is not just a general proverb. This is in the Bible. Apostle Paul made this. He put it in the scripture. It became a solid theology. He who does not work, he should not eat. All of you like eating? Yes. Sure? So please, engage yourself in some hard, creative, smart work. Because if you don't work, you, you're already disqualified from wanting to have marriage. The last thing, what is the first thing? Let me just repeat that. You know, deal with your baggage, your past, resign to your ambition, Sorry? Align yourself to a mentor. Commit yourself to hard 
smart labor. The last one is very simple, but it is as important. It says in Ruth chapter 3 verse 3, then Naomi told her, take a bath, put on some nice perfume, look good, look smart. Beautify yourself. Beautify yourself. You know, in, I, I think that in the, in, the, in the pursuit of dying to our ambitions, in the pursuit of being so, um, you know, committed to good hard work, we have forgotten the principle of beautifying ourselves. You know, my, my wife says this about me that, you know, I, you, I beautified you. You didn't beautify yourself. <laughs> After marriage, because, you know, all of our church folks, you know, they, they keep sending her pictures of how I looked at the first few years of our marriage. She's like, all of, all of the, the change. See, I can talk about her right now because she's not here yet. I won't get this opportunity once she comes. So, so she, she claims the... The credit of all the beauty goes to the hard work she has done. But can you, can you beautify yourself? Can you work on your character, on your physical health, on your emotional health? If you feel you need therapy, go for therapy. You know, you know make sure that when people interact with you, they, they shouldn't be repelled by you. You know, you, you should not be such a problem case. You should not be a stinking character. You know, that, you know, when somebody is stinking and they come into the room, everybody wants to get out of the room, right? Or wants to find an excuse to not sit next to this guy. Please, can you find what are the things that is driving people away and fix those areas? Beautify yourself. Take the help of your mentor. Because who told Ruth to take a bath? Who told Ruth to... Apply this particular perfume. Go at this time of the night. Do this exact same. Who, who told her, gave her those instructions? It came from Naomi. So take your mentor's help to beautify yourself. Don't take social media's help. Because if you take social media's help, you will have pimples all over your face by tomorrow morning. Because one person will say, put this cream. Another person will say, please eat this. Third person will say, you know, go to, you know, do this diet. But by the time you try doing all of it, you will be a big mess. Instead, can you go to your mentor and say, what do you think is needed for me? If you take somebody else's instructions and you say, ah, Naomi told Ruth to go into a man's bedroom and sleep on his bed. I'm going to do that. Please, that's very dangerous. You can't take somebody else's instructions and try to do the same thing. You have to go to your mentor and say, you know me, you know my fears, you know my struggles, you know my pain, you know where I come from. What should I do to strengthen myself? What should I do to beautify myself? There is one person that I've been talking to and she will ask me, uh, you know, she calls me her mentor, so she would ask me, what should I do? She has the same question every single time. What should I do? I want to get married. And every single time she has asked me in the last so many years, the only thing that I have told her is, please attend a church. 
and that is the only thing she doesn't want to do i mean she has done so many other things she is financially settled emotionally healthy physically beautiful but she doesn't want to attend a church because one pastor one church some day they hurt her now she doesn't want to go to a physical church but as a mentor when she comes to me the only thing that that i have as advice to her is to attend a church because that is that is what is not looking good on her so your mentor knows what is it there is lacking what is the one thing that can be added into your life to bring flavor to bring joy you know uh, sometimes when we hang out with our father in the lord the advices that he gives us sometimes is very physical in nature he has told me how many kgs i need to lose by next year i really hope i can but uh, you know these are some of the instructions i get it's it's not very spiritual like you know i need you i need you to pray so many more hours it can be as simple as he's saying i need you to lose so many kgs by next year and uh, you know that's hard that's that's you know, that would require for me to now look at myself in the mirror you know avoid a lot of foods you know pursue a, a style of uh, you know workout and do everything possible to to fall in line with the instruction that has been given to me and sometimes we we can just say ah that that was not a spiritual instruction you know see if your man of god would say go and pray all through the night you will pray all through the night but if your man of god would say watch what you eat that was not a very important instruction that was just a but beautify yourself beautify yourself you 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 have to be able to take feedback from your man of god and say okay he's not trying to body shame me he's not trying to call me a beggar or if he says this is a feedback i need to pursue i will pursue this and i'll do it intentionally so he doesn't have to come and prophesy over you saying thus says the lord he just has to make a slight comment saying hey why haven't you picked up driving still and that is instruction enough that should be your instruction you should know okay i just got an instruction as to what i need to what is the next skill i need to learn you go save up money drive join a driving school you you pick up driving you know and you say i i'll 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 get my license i'll get myself sorted in this one area i'll i don't i don't want to leave this one area unattended and the next time you go to him he will give you something else but if you can keep taking feedback and beautify yourself you're you're setting yourself up like ruth you know i'm i'm very sure that what god is going to birth through your marriage it's going to be a royal standard it, it can't be that a levite can marry a levite and not give birth to a levite it can't be that a a a, a man from the tribe of judah or from the family line of you know david get married to another woman from the family line of david and not give birth to a a royal uh, uh, somebody of royal lineage it is it is impossible so if you you know if you are going to elevate your standards to saying i'm not going to just limit myself to what i've been shown i'm going to elevate every aspect of my life 
to this you know goals that god is giving me in this season then it will be so easy when you meet the man or the woman that god intends for you to get married to okay i may be exaggerating there you will still have hard work you will still need to have good communication you will still need to uh, work on your marriage even if you meet the right person but it, but 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 it will your past will not be interfering in that process of you becoming one your your wounds will not be interfering your ambitions will not be interfering your your lack of a mentor will not be interfering you know your your lethargy and your laziness will not be interfering the fact that you are unaware of the stinking mess in your life will not be interfering in your in your growth and your becoming one so so can we ask the lord to give us grace for these five things can we pray for a few minutes i know that all of us pray but for a few minutes i want us to ask and pray and and just seek the lord for light lord put your spotlight on that area in my heart that you want me to that you want me to fix that you want me to change that you want me to improve on fix that one area in my life just just give me grace as you seek the lord may you have certain answers to certain questions that you've been asking i i i see a reset button i don't know who this is for but the lord is pressing a reset button in somebody's heart so that you are able to give wholehearted love will you please write this down somewhere wholehearted love this is what i want to pursue wholehearted love a hundred percent of my heart being given so the lord is pressing a reset button to some for some surrendered hearts shela bahudur busiri ledere dere dere Is this is your house is your we welcome you lord we welcome you speak about your body speak about your mind speak about your life we welcome you today Is this is your house your we welcome you lord we welcome you this is your house your we welcome you Today, this is your house. This is your house, 
and your home. We welcome you, Lord, we welcome you. This is your house and your home. We welcome you today. So Lord, we pray that everything that has to be burnt under the fire of the Holy Spirit, everything that has to be consumed, every baggage, that needs to be let gone off every old wine skin every old piece of clothing that is still defining our identity right now we lay it down on the altar we lay it down into the fire and we disconnect from it in the name of jesus May my eyes be open to see things that I have been blinded to. May my eyes be open to see things that I have not been paying attention to. Search my heart and show me those things that are not true. Those aspects where I have been not loyal to the calling, where I have not been loyal to my mentor, where I have not been loyal to the principles that you've given me. Search my heart, Lord, and show me myself. Give me grace to deal with my baggages. Give me grace to sacrifice my Isaacs. Give me grace to submit to my Naomi. Give me grace now to pursue my assignments. And Lord, give me grace to beautify myself, to edify myself, strengthen myself. Yes. We thank you for what you're going to do for us and through us and in us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said an amen.